Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is Palm Sunday, often uh, also referred to as Sunday of the Passion or Passion Sunday. Kind of makes sense, the Palms, because we read about the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday and the waving of palms, which we uh, remembered vividly this morning, and the sudden shift to the Passion as we read that account of Jesus' betrayal, his suffering, and his death. Our divine service today is, is meant to exhibit that, that sudden shift. That's why we had the silence and the veiling of the cross. First, there's the joy of palms greeting the Lord. Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Even the King of Israel, they said. Then as we wind our way through the plotting, betrayal, the agonizing prayer, denial, the trial before Pilate, beating, mocking, crucifying, and burying Jesus. In short, the transition is from palms to passion. The processional reading from John 12 reveals to us that the crowd followed Jesus because they heard that he had raised Lazarus from the dead, as we read last week. Since the crowd followed Jesus, the Pharisees decided to kill him and also to kill Lazarus. But days later, when Jesus was tried before Pontius Pilate, Pilate gave the crowd a choice to release Bar Abbas, which means Son of the Father, interestingly. That's what Bar Abbas means, Son of the Father. Or Jesus. This same crowd, the same crowd that welcomed him in, is given the option to release him. But Matthew tells us that the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. So the crowd went from Hosanna to crucify him. What vile and treacherous people. Thankfully, that was them, the crowd, back in Jesus' day, and not us. Right? Because we're not the ones that would say, crucify him. Of course not. We would stick with the palms the whole way. I don't know. Have you been steadfast in your faith? Your faithfulness to God, is that the center of your life? All of your decisions, are they like Jesus' decision? Yeah, I'll I'll go to the cross because that's the Father's will. Yeah, I'm sweating blood. I'm sweating blood and praying, remove this cup from me, but I will go to the cross because that is the Father's will. Is that how you live your life? Have you been continuous in your worship of God every moment of every day? The very notion that during this Lenten tide, we observe an intentional increase in our prayer, almsgiving, and fasting reveals that we are not continuous throughout the year. I mean, it's, 
The idea that we say, okay, during this penitential season, we're going to kick it up a notch, so to speak, that reveals in itself that there are times of the year where we don't. And of course, I know, I know you. I mean, I know myself and I know you and I know what God's scripture reveals about all of us, which is that we cannot serve God perfectly as Jesus did. So sadly, as a result of that, we actually should place ourselves right there with that same crowd that went from palms to passion. Put those words in your mouth and say them. Let him be crucified because those are your words just as much as those are Jesus Christ, just as much as those were those who were there saying it to him, just as much as it were, was their words. There are your words and my words. But pastor, I don't want Jesus to be crucified. Did you want your sins to be forgiven? That's what it takes. That's what it took for our sins to be forgiven. It was for Christ to be crucified. All of humanity bears the blame for crucifying Jesus Christ. All of humanity. And yet Jesus Christ did this for all of humanity. Think about that. Think about his actions. How he acted to save the very ones who were condemning him to death. Words cannot adequately describe the depth of God's love for you in Christ Jesus. There are many attributes of God, and and the attributes of God cannot be seen. They can only be perceived by his word and by his actions. That we may see Jesus Christ more clearly, I want to consider our epistle lesson this morning from Philippians 2. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This is a clear passage of where we see exactly who this Jesus Christ is. As you consider the suffering and death of Jesus Christ, consider that he did this obediently to the will of the Father. Jesus Christ is fully God. And he he is and was and always will be. He did not empty himself of his divinity, of his deity. He didn't lay aside his divinity and say, I'm not God now, so you can kill me. That's not what he did. God was crucified. That's what happened. What Philippians 2 says is that he didn't snatch the prize. This word is, it's almost, sometimes this word for grasp is is used to describe stealing. 
like he stole something. He didn't snatch the prize of glory, of deity, and say, I'm God, you can't crucify me. He did not do that, though he could have, except it would go against the will of the Father, so he could not have. He had every right to do so, but he only desired to fulfill the will of the Father. So he put aside his divine prerogative. It's not that he put aside his divinity. He put aside his divine prerogative. He didn't snatch that godly honor and cling to it. He put it aside and said, God can suffer. Though he was and is always eternally God, never ceasing to be God, even when he took upon himself human flesh. In his humanity, he took upon himself our frailty. He hungered, he thirsted, he wept. He was a king. He was king of the Jews. So what was his armor? What was his stature as king of the Jews? How he was 20 feet tall, shining armor. He was ready to conquer the world. Was he? No. See, the kids get it. They say, no, he wasn't. He was not decked in shiny armor. He, wasn't, he was not equipped with armor that would protect and save his life. No. What was the armor that he put on? Frailty. It's the anti-armor. He put on the opposite of armor that would protect his life. He put on the armor that would sacrifice his life. The armor that says, now you may kill God for the sins of the world. The equipment, if you want to look at it that way, that he required was frailty. Not decked with armor to protect him from death, but stripped bare so that he could suffer death. In Christ, God was able to suffer death. This is the mystery of the incarnation. We fall into error and false teaching if we try too hard to reason how Jesus Christ could be 100% man and 100% God at the same time. Isn't that 200%? Well, God is God. (laughs) Yeah, some things we accept based on what has been revealed. And the one who rose from the dead is the one that I'm going to believe and listen to. But on the basis of Holy Scripture, we confess that this is exactly who Jesus is. Jesus is God on the cross, laying down his life for your sins. As we continue our Lenten journey into Holy Week, reflect on this. That Christ Jesus actively put aside his glory. He actively put aside his glory before the people so that he could be crucified, so that he could suffer and die to make atonement for your sins. And he did this for you. He did this because he loves you. In Christ Jesus, you have full pardon for all your sins. Thanks be to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.